it was a, it was a dream as a player to be playing in you know one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball to be on great teams that were competing for national championships and to segue back now I'm coaching somewhere like that you know where you're one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball you should realistically be competing to win national championships so now I can say that I've been a part of two programs at the top of our sport and yeah, that gives me goosebumps too. And, and that same edge is still there because we have to get back to that. This program has been there. And so, it, you know, hopefully it's the same type of mentality, but a little wiser and a little older now. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon difference. Before we get going, want to give a shout out to our friends over at Extract Energy, um, the best and healthiest energy drink on the planet, sugar-free, no aspartame, and all natural ingredients. Check them out at extractenergy.com. It looks like my, my, my co-host, my partner over there, can't talk this morning. Uh, has hey, I got all hands. natural energy. I don't need this stuff. No, just kidding. Looks like some good stuff over here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Based out of, I see um, you, Mamba. Looks good. I like it. Let's get going. We got we got a special guests. This is the we first in person. Actually, Coach Miller was asking us, "When's the last time you've had this?" Well, COVID. So this has been a treat. Coach Miller coming to our office. Really appreciate it, Coach coming in and spending time with our staff. And uh, he is as advertised. So excited to uh, have a good conversation and for Bearcat Nation and obviously our national audience to also hear you know, his story of, uh, being a walk-on like me, which I can't wait. Like I said, I have a special spot for walk-on. So walk-on uh, mentality. Let's get it. All right. So as my partner mentioned, we have, uh, coach Wes Miller, the new head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team. Coach, welcome to the underdog podcast. Oh, thanks boys. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, done my fair share of podcast but not on the national stage. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I'm excited. Um, I have never really talked about this publicly because it's not probably worthy of it, but today it makes sense. When I was in college, trying to you know prove myself with that walk-on chip that I know that you can appreciate, I had a ball in the summer. Uh, like my, my ball, my ball that I was going to work out with basketball, and I wrote underdog on it. And I did that my first summer in college. And then the next year, it was the underdog two and the underdog three. And I wanted it to be like the most worn out ball on the whole team by the end of the summer. So a little corny. But uh-huh. now that we're in the underdog podcast, that, that felt fitting. So you, you still have it? You know, I think the underdog, we used to call it the underdog. Like uh, one of the, my best friends in the world who was a manager when I was playing at North Carolina and my roommate like we called it the, yeah, you got the underdog with you, you know, that type of thing. I think it is still laying around somewhere. So maybe during this move, I'll find it. There okay. we go. Nice. Yeah, man, nice. I love that. What is, I mean, that, right. That, that, in itself, that is authentic and that's real. And that, man, it just, like I said, I just that edge. I, and I told coach Miller, I went to uh, Carolina basketball school. I think you, that that's the name of it uh, growing up. And, 
you know, playing for the Tar Heels, which I can't wait to hear that experience. But then uh, he bet on himself, right? I think that's how we wanted to start on it. Um, and, and obviously there's a reason why he's here today uh, coming to the University of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball program. But he bet on himself, come from James Madison, right, to walk on to the, in my opinion, the one of the best programs in the country, which most people would agree with, is, is North Carolina basketball. So can you talk, I think it's a great starting point, obviously having the basketball as part of the story, but going from James Madison to North Carolina? Yeah, um, you know, transferred after my freshman year. Um, and, and listen, I had great experience at JMU in a lot of ways and still have some lifelong friends. But I think after, I, I grew up just loving college basketball and I was just a basketball fanatic and dreamed about being a college basketball player. And I was a scholarship player at James Madison. Uh, but just, you know, completely honest, it, it, it wasn't what I dreamed about. You know, it, it wasn't the experience that I dreamed about, the environment that I dreamed about at that time. And so I went to transfer, and I, I was looking at uh, Ivy League schools to transfer to. I actually took a couple visits to Penn and Columbia, and I was going to make a decision uh, in the Carolina thing you know, came about, sat in Coach Williams' office. He had just come from Kansas. He made the transition from Kansas back to Carolina. He'd been there a month or so, and I sat in his office uh, for two hours with my father. I honestly only went down to sit with him because my father urged me to. I wasn't interested in being a walk-on. My ego was probably a little big, like a lot of young people. And he asked me a question that changed the course of my life. He, he said, what do you want to do when you're done playing? Um, and I said, I want to coach. And he said, well, listen, you have to come here. Like, and I'm not saying it arrogantly, but that our coaching fraternity, our basketball family uh, is powerful, and I will help you in every way that I can, and that, and that matters. And there's nowhere you can go that will be better for that. Um, and that you know, that kind of defined my decision. Uh, but, but at no point was I willing to accept that I was going to go there and be a, a walk-on or that I wasn't going to play. I viewed myself as a player first at that time, especially. Um, and so then it became this challenge to figure out how to be an impact guy and to get on the floor. It, it ended up earning the scholarship, but it was way more about being meaningful and being a player. And it, it took time. It took two years before I had a significant role and was in the rotation. Uh, and then, you know, got to live out dreams. I, I had just a great experience. It was a, it was a dream as a player to be playing in, you know, one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball, to be on great teams that were competing for national championships, and to segue back, now I'm coaching somewhere like that, you know, where you're one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball. You should realistically be competing to win national championships. So now I can say that I've been a part of two programs at the top of our sport, and yeah, that gives me goosebumps too. And, and that same edge is still there because we have to get back to that. This program has been there. And so, it, you know, hopefully it's the same type of mentality, but a little wiser and a little older now. Yeah. I think one thing he's not going to lose, Calvin, is he might be looking for that underdog ball. He probably has that North Carolina national championship ring for sure somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be looking for that thing. But um, no, I think what does you talked about Roy Williams? And I think that's what our podcast is. is about learning from yourself. We'd love to learn for a minute about Roy Williams and his impact on leadership that you carry. I know obviously he's, I've read different things like, you know, he considers you his son. Um, he's often said, or, or different things like that. And, and obviously he thinks the world of you from the time you were in his office with your dad 
to now, uh, it seems like he's had a, a lasting impact. Can you take things? How, what are things you learned as a player and as him being a mentor of yours that you're going to put into the uh, Cincinnati basketball program? You know, people have asked similar questions over the years. It's an impossible question to truly answer Yep. because we don't have enough time. I mean, the impact that he's – and I will answer it. I'm not, not going to dodge it. But, <laughs> you know, it's, sure. it, it feels unfair to answer it to me because I, I never can communicate and articulate a real answer that's worthy. Um, but what I'll say is the, the list is endless in the ways that he's impacted me in my life. Um, I have an incredible – I'm so fortunate. I have incredible parents. Uh, so, you know, I, I never want to you know, talk about coach when I say he's like a father type figure, but not mention I have incredible parents and they're first. Right? right. But outside of my parents, you know, he's been the most influential person in my professional life and my personal life. And, and he's impacted me in so many ways. Again, it's almost hard to, to talk about. But as I think about, you know, him as a coach, and just in the, we stick to leadership and coaching here, a couple things uh, really stick out. First thing is he cares. Like there's a genuine care for the people that he's interacting with every single day. You feel it. He lives it. He executes it. And he cares about the people around him first, the, the players that he's coaching first. And the neat thing is, you know, you, you learn this, whether you were a manager or a walk-on uh, or a, a lottery pick or McDonald's All-American – he cared, right? And and so that I, I took that first, and that really impacted me when I was there. I was so aware of that and have been aware of it since. Um, the second thing is, like, you people that have followed Coach Williams' career, you know, like he's he's a you know, guy from western North Carolina from the mountains, and he's got a little accent, and he doesn't curse a lot, you know, or, or very rarely curses. So he's got this all shucks type of thing going. And people think he's this really nice guy. And he is. Don't, don't get me wrong. But when it gets competitive, I mean, he has a fire that burns as deep to compete as anybody I've ever been around. His competitive spirit in every part of his life just oozes out of him. And I and I I related to that a lot as a player. Like I I'd, I'd like to think that I have those qualities. And then I, you know, I learned and watched how he channeled that to build a team every year the, the next thing I would say is is, is that he's always building team I, I, I thought he was as good as I've ever been around and ever seen it, it building this concept that we all have to sacrifice you know something personally that we want for the greater team and I'm using I'm paraphrasing I'm using my terminology he has his own terminology but he's constantly building team and everything that he's doing and he gets guys to believe and understand that if if we all make those sacrifices, everybody's going to get more than they would have got individually anyway. And that that's a hard thing because you can't fake that. It's got to be genuine and real. And coach builds team better than anybody. And then the last thing, and again, I could keep going down lists, but but something I've I've really taken with me, and you know, we're at the highest levels of our sport in a lot of ways. I mean, not professionally, but I mean, this, there's high stakes in college basketball or college football. And to be great, you have to have a crazy edge. You have to be crazy competitive. You you almost have to be a little, you know, nuts. unstable or nuts, yeah. right? Like, like there, there's something wrong with us that we like this, right? That right. we want this. We, we desire these high stakes. And I think you, you have to want to win that bad and be successful that bad. And he has that as much as anybody I've ever been around. 
But I think that's really a difficult character trait because people want it so bad they're willing to cross lines and they're willing to sacrifice ethics and morals and things of that nature. And his balance, like his like like ethical backbone to be that competitive, to want to win that bad and be successful that bad, but then be so unwilling and unwavering in crossing lines and not doing it and doing it the right way, like that truly impacted me. Like truly impacted me. It almost felt a responsibility that yeah, listen, I'm a, I'm a Roy Williams guy, right? I'm a part of like his coaching tree. Um, that is, I'm in those situations because I want to win that bad to make sure that I'm I'm just as unwavering as he is. So that that would be something that the longer I've been in coaching. I've realized is truly unique about him because there's other guys probably that you could say similar things that that one is re- really unique. <clears throat> I want to go back because I don't think we did it enough justice. Um, you walked on to North Carolina as a walk on. That's we played at Miami of Ohio. Like there's hundreds of colleges, but you walked onto one of the blue bloods as a walk on. And Roy Williams said you were the hardest working player he's ever coached. You were also said to be one of the best three-point shooters on the team, voted by your teammates. But then you transition into the coaching world, and within, I want to say, three, three, maybe four years, you're a head coach. Talk about that. Where does that hard work come from, and how did that transition from the court playing to on the court as being a leader and a coach? Well, I, I, I think I've always been passionate about basketball. Like I love basketball, loved it since I can remember. Right, I just had fell in love with the game at a crazy early age. Um, that's never changed. So working at basketball <laughs> <laughs> never felt like work. There's just a drive there. Sure. Um, and then I've I've always you know thought of myself as really competitive, almost to a fault at times. Like I that have you mentioned something, and I thought self awareness. Like like that's such a key, right? I, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be more self-aware every day in my life and, and have some self-awareness. Like sometimes my competitive nature is a fault. My, my, my best friends in the world remind me of that. I'm no fun to play golf with because <laughs> like I'm too intense. Like, you know, and so I think when you have something you love and you're really competitive, I mean, it doesn't feel like work. And then at some point in my life, I, the work makes you feel good, right? Like I selfishly, like when you're working towards something and you wake up every day with a drive and a purpose – man, that's pretty cool. Like, that's the gift. Right. Um, and I, I had that as a player. And then I found that in coaching. And that's been, that's why I feel like I'm one of the luckiest people in the world that I, I wake up, I, mean, I pop up every day because I'm so excited to to get to work on what I'm doing. So I, I think that kind of stuff develops over time. I was, be a head coach at 28 years old. I was the youngest Division One head coach in the country at the time. First off, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Uh, and and probably still don't in a lot of ways. The Bearcat fans don't be scared. But like I at least I have some self awareness that there's so much more that we have to learn every day. Like a, get, get, be humble and that type of thing. Uh, but I was really fortunate. Like I, I I can't sit here and go, I worked hard, so I got to be a head coach at twenty eight. There's a lot I mean, there's a, this in this profession, if you don't work hard, you're not in it. And and probably like any competitive profession. Um so I was really fortunate to be a head coach at twenty eight. I, I always knew I wanted to coach. Um, I played a year professionally is a loose term. <laughs> it sounds good now, right? Uh, that, you know, there's a lot of levels of professional basketball, but I played a year in the British Basketball League in England. 
uh, and, and got right into coaching right away. Was really fortunate to get a assistant coaching job. I was a first job was at Elon University. I was the ops guy and the third assistant at the same time. Those jobs don't even exist anymore in Division One. Yeah, and only a couple of years after I got into it, it really changed. Uh, but you know, I got to do everything. You know, I got to plan travel and you know do meals and and and, and film exchange, old school film exchange. We talked about that in the yeah. hall and. And then I got to also get on the floor and coach and get my feet wet in recruiting. So that I was really fortunate that those were entry-level jobs at, at the low to mid-major level at the time. Those don't exist now. Like the, the professions, there's so much more money into it. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I find myself as an interim head coach at 28 years old, 20, yeah, 28 years old. And we catch lightning in a bottle and, you know, make a run and, and win our division of the Southern Conference. And you know, they had no choice. At that point. <laughs> they had no choice but to hire me. So I was just really, really fortunate. Right place, right time. Some kids that believed in what we did in a tough, a tough moment. And uh, you know, it, like you said, twenty eight, twenty nine years old. I'm a head coach in Division One basketball. That was like more fortunate, honestly, in timing than anything. I can't sit here and say that's due to any kind of work ethic. Now, one thing you mentioned back then was, uh, and I have a quote here. You said, "As I've evolved, I've started to figure out what I value as a coach." what fits personnel within the program currently and what fits the personnel we recruit to here um, when you were at UNC um, Greensboro. What do you value as a coach maybe now, maybe then now, is it, is it kind of the same? And then um, how are you going about figuring out, you know, the personnel and, and what you want to make UC be as far as representing out there on the court and in the community and, and, and everything? Yeah, um, you know, I think first off, you're trying to build something that's sustainable, like year after year. You know, like I, like I mentioned, I'm an interim coach, we had a tough start. They let the guy that I was working for go and said, finish the year. It was easy to throw a couple Band-Aids on it in hindsight. It wasn't an easy situation, but it's like, okay, well, let's – the players are frustrated, we're losing, let's fix this, this, and this, and then give them a little freedom and confidence and like, oh, catch, catch lightning in a bottle, make a run. That, that's not coaching. That's just getting a little fortunate, right? Um, that's not sustainable. Um, and so I think early on, I didn't really understand that. Uh, we just tried to get the best players and <laughs> go win games and, and, you know, no vision, no strategic thinking. Um, and, and you get, get your tail kicked and like you get humbled. And I think at the time that was really difficult as a young coach because I, I wanted it so bad. Uh, but now I value those tough times maybe more than any other in my life because that's where you learn and you grow and you know, you got really uncomfortable. I, I almost lost my job. I, I feel like there was a lot of, you know, chatter in the community and all that. And so again, I really, as much as we stunk early on at UNCG, I really value that because what you, what you're mentioning, you start to try to look in the mirror and, and really think deeply about who you are, what you believe in and how that fits into the program that you're leading. And so for us, it, it starts first with like, what can be sustainable? And I think you have to look inside as a head coach. What, what do you value? Okay, well, you know, I, I want guys that are obsessed with the process of improvement every day, like of growth every day. Or like, you know, there's all these key words in sports and business, but like a growth, a true growth mindset. Like I want guys that obsess in the process in front of them that aren't worried about things they can't control or results down the line, but are just obsessed with maximizing today. You know, and, our, and we got to have a program that's obsessed with that. Um, if we're going to have success 
thinking like that, acting like that, being like that in basketball, then we got to have guys for multiple years. So I think, you know, you look into, you know, how you go about putting people together, which we're all doing that, right? Like we're all like interacting and working with people, whether it's staff, whether it's players, you know, if, if people are with us for eight months, you know, with, with that, with an outlier here, or there, I, how much can they really impact something sustainable? So you got to have guys that are with you for multiple years. So we want guys that are, that believe in what we're doing, that are dug into what, what we're doing and are going to buy into that like one day at a time approach. I'd say that's the first thing. I, I've learned this. I don't do well with people that aren't really competitive. You know, like we're, we're going to love everybody we're coaching. Like we're, we're going to give them love. Like a, that, that's a responsibility, especially when you're coaching at the college level and you're taking uh, young people right and you're, you're sitting in front of their parents and you're going to promise them that you're going to take care of them so we're going to love everybody but I don't have to like everybody as a basketball player I, like I'm going to love you when we get out of the gym but I want to coach guys that I love as players too not, not just as young people and, and taking that responsibility as a leader seriously like so I want guys that are crazy competitive I do well with those kind of people I don't do as well in the competitive arena with people that aren't and, and I can compartmentalize and separate but those are the guys I want on my team, staff and players alike. This, this, I love guys that love basketball. I, again, like you know, I, I do better, and our staff does better with people that are passionate. We can bond around that. That, you know, our bond has to be so much greater than our passion for the game. But that's a great place to start. You know, wherever we come from, Europe, or we come from the southeast, or the northeast, or the Midwest, like whatever our our background is, our socioeconomic situation, our race, religion. If we all have that passion, like that's a good starting point, then we can get into some deeper things. So I love guys that when I'm recruiting, we love guys that like you call them at night and they're watching the playoffs right now. Right. And they're not just saying it like they're, they're, they're talking about like the intricacies of it from their perspective. That that's like a key to me. Oh, they, they like the game. And you know, you call <laughs> right. them five times and every, every time they're either working out or they're watching a playoff game, I'm like, oh, these are my kind of guys. And, and I don't want parents to think that we don't value the educational side because that's, Again, these are the responsibilities we have right. in leadership, but those are some of the values we're looking for when we're starting out. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the last thing is, you know, the idea that they're going to stick with you, and like there's a, a certain mental toughness or fortitude. That's there's some kind of foundational thing there because it's going to be tough for young people. As you guys were athletes, what freshman in college? I was. It, <laughs> yeah funny, funny. That's good. you guys all played sports in college all of us I, I, I can't even call myself an athlete if we're gonna do it like hey, that we're, i told him me, me and coach miller are gonna be best friends oh so. yeah. Uh, yeah that was good so but but you know if we're gonna have this people that have all these shared values in our program and we need to have them for multiple years like when it gets tough and it's gonna get tough yep. especially as a freshman or a first year player are they going to want to stick through it with us? And and I think we're looking for that kind of like, at least, you know, young people are imperfect. We're imperfect at the place we are in life. So certainly young people, so we're not too judgmental, but we want to see that there's some foundational mental fortitude there and, and, and like mental toughness. And then the last part, now, again, you guys keep asking questions. I'll just keep going. This is like podcasts. <laughs> I are love dangerous. it. Let's go, go, man. They're dangerous. They're dangerous for me. I can talk. <laughs> but, you know, the last part is then I think, you know, you look at, to be more specific now, you're looking at 
the transfer portal and the ability for players to leave, which is hard to have sustainability and continuity in your roster. Um, I think there's more pressure on us now as leaders to be more direct and more honest and more genuine because they do have that option. And that, that holds us accountable. I, I, I kind of like that in a lot of ways. There's just some parts of these rules that you don't like as a coach, but I like the idea because I think that we're trying to be direct and honest and genuine. And so I do think if, if we can sit in front of prospects and say, hey, listen, your freshman year is going to be hard. You're going to have opportunity, but it's going to be hard. There's going to be ups and downs. And I know that because I've never seen a freshman that didn't have that kind of experience. And when it's hard, I still want you to come back next year. Yep. And you can feel that there's that kind of connection and commitment. I think we can separate ourselves from maybe other people that don't do it that way. So maybe that's an opportunity. Now you, you're, I won't age you. I guess I'll drop your age out there. You're about, you know, late 30s, 38. You can age me. Oh, he's right. younger than you. He's he yep. def, definitely. Yep. By a year. I don't know if year. I look younger than you. <laughs> I got gray right he's here. He's got gray beard. Yeah, he's yeah. good. You look good, Coach. Um, we had Coach Duffy on here, Megan Duffy, who coached at Marquette. Um, and this is just kind of a fun question, but if we were to come to practice, are you out there getting after it with the players? Are you still are you still lacing them up? Or are you more kind of just, uh, you know? I'm retired. <laughs> Not because I want to be. I miss it. I miss it every day. I miss playing every day. I love playing. Um, I, I was coaching my second year in coaching. I was playing one-on-one with a guy I was coaching. And uh, the juices got flowing like they can or like they always do. And I, I tore my knee up. And Because, you know, you stop doing the strength conditioning and your body's not ready for that, even though you can still do it. I can still do it in my late 20s. Um, and I've, I've never really played since, mm-hmm. uh, but I can shoot. And I will kick anybody's ass in shooting. I like, I will it. challenge anybody in the world. And, and like, if, as long Curry? as it's catch and shoot. Yeah, come on, Steph. As oh. long as it's catch and shoot and there's nobody guarding us, <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident. Uh, but I do try to get out and demonstrate some. And every year... I'll do that and feel something and go, Oh, I got, I got to get, I got to communicate better. Cause I can't, you know, demonstrate as well anymore. And Mike Roberts, who I, I brought on my staff, who was with me seven years at UNCG and he was in Indiana the last two years. Um, and, and we're lifelong friends. We played in high school together. He, every time I get out there, he like comes up behind me and like grabs me in practice. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not taking you to the hospital, that type of, that type of thing. Um, and so I think, You'll see me out there trying to act like I can demonstrate because the mind still thinks it can do it, even if the body can. You guys, you, you might still have it, but no. you guys can probably relate to that in some way. Definitely not. Definitely dad, don't. Dad body in, in full effect. <laughs> as, the, as we get into the late 30s, headed toward 40, we're, uh, I think we're all feeling it. But um, no, I think that's so much to your point, Coach. I think a lot of the fans in college basketball are, are wanting to hear that just in general, not just UC, is – this the portal conversation like you said you're you're going to try to find guys that are competitive that want to fight through adversity to sustain excellence those are a couple things i'm taking away because we talk all the time how do you sustain excellence in a program and that's where you want to get uc back right to that point um just just as a uc i guess basketball fan another lighthearted maybe question is how has the experience been i know when we were texting i was like hey i know you're a busy man because i appreciate you coming in today you're building a roster, you're, you know, meeting a lot of folks that are influential in the community, you're spending time with your, your team, to some degree, I know practices start really, or, or some engagement next week. How has your experience been so far? It's, it's been exhilarating. 
Like, I, there's so much energy and excitement. So, first, it's been fun. I want to say that first. But it's also been crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's things are moving at a incredibly fast pace. You feel like there's so much stuff. You know, you hear the, the term, like, drinking out of a fire hose. It's felt a little like that. And I don't mean to complain. Like, I'm not complaining. It's just there's a lot of stuff coming at you all at once. Um, the first 30 days, to me, with everything that's going on and you want to do everything and meet with everybody and get out in the community you, you want to you know do everything you that you set out to do but there's only so many hours in a day and I tried to really prioritize uh first like and it's always going to be like this in our program it's about the players first like th- there's nothing more important than the guys on the team so let's let's focus in on the current players uh let's build a roster with what we need to, f- to finish so it was like put a team together focus in on the guys that are with us uh, and then put a staff together and I felt like if I was spending the majority of my time the first 30 days doing that I'm winning you know and of course you're getting pulled a lot of different ways because you want to do everything um, now we've, we've gotten through that here over the last week or so we kind of got to that point where you hit that month mark and it was kind of neat because it was like okay 30 days I get, you got to stay or and I had a couple people that, that I really lean on that we're saying 30 days you got to do this and this you got to prioritize two things and you hit 30 days you're like okay we got a team and we got a staff and and now again it's always going to be about the guys first we'll have a staff meeting and talk about that today when I get out of here but okay current players development like that that one day at a time approach I talked about earlier that's always number two we got to really start engaging recruiting now you know big picture uh you know that that that's right there and then we got to get organized and and that's going to take a little bit of time but if we can focus in on our players uh, the relationships there the development this summer because there's an opportunity starting next week to start training with them and getting them here to campus um we we can really start to build a foundation in recruiting and then we can get organized by august you know I, i think i think we're doing some things and at the same time you know like embrace this community embrace the fan embrace the fan base embrace everything that you see uh, embrace the former players and the tradition and history. If we can do all of that and we get to August 1, you know, I'll feel like we're, we're accomplishing something. No doubt. I knew you were said he was in the office, which didn't surprise me until midnight the other night. He's pulling uh, – we play with Sean McVeigh. He's got one of the – I might – I'm going to see Sean this this weekend at a, one of our teammates' wedding. We play at Miami Ohio together. I'm going to say I met a guy. I'm just going to throw this out there. Wes Miller outworks Sean McVay, and he's not going to like that. <laughs> no, don't I'm say the, that. I'm the chirp at him, Sean, or, uh, no, no. Wes. So I'm going to say, hey, Sean, See, I, I met a guy this week. He's stirring the pot. He's gonna, so I'm going to say, hey, yeah, Wes he, Miller is going to outwork Sean McVay. And so I, that, he falls from the Gruden tree. So, you know, we, it'll be Roy Williams, Wes Miller versus John Gruden and, and Sean McVay. You're creating competition. <laughs> now I'll be in there till 1230. Exactly. You know, I, um, yeah, I don't have a Super Bowl ring. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's you're going to get there. You're, you're going to be, I think, UC guys, you're going to be just fine. This, this is going to be a good leader for, I mean, just look at his body of work. When I look back, obviously falling Carolina, coming from those camps as a little kid and watching the program then seeing you at uncg and turning that like you said you kind of hit that back a couple of those first years building the program like you said you had self-awareness i think you had some humility your backup was against the wall and then all of a sudden you turned through by creating that structure and you had a lot of great years which led up to obviously the position here um and i think once again you see fan base know that right understand that body of work 
we've talked to a lot of coaches like Tom Allen from IU football, same way. IU hadn't won since what, like 1964 or yeah, something, something like that. Something ridiculous. But he had a process. He created love within each other, right? They call it LEO. And now they start to win. This program starts, like you said, we got to let, we got to get coach out of this, this room eventually say, Hey, go focus on that organization because that, I think, like you said, your, your formula is going to work. And at the end of the day, you're going to love up on your guys. And I think just the energy you have, man, like, like I said, I still think like, I agree. I think this guy can still ball like Steph Curry's going down. So <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge West Miller fan already. Uh, but, I appreciate it. Um, no, but I think I'm excited for, for definitely Bearcats for sure. Want to get the rapid fire? Yeah, let's get okay. the rapid fire. So we end every every episode with little hot questions. Little hot questions. I don't even know. Like I even trusted you so much. I'm glad you didn't Galvin, look because you're gonna love this look. first one. So let let's see what we got. So recently you had a chance to <laughs> oh, throw man. out this the first pitch um, at the UC game, but I'm doing my research. I heard you also had a failed first pitch, like my co-host over here. I'd love for maybe both of you just kind of take a minute and kind of share your quick because if you saw his first pitch, mm, mm. whoa, like it's whoa, like sail, like whoa, his sailed like mm. it was so, a good ninety so, feet in the so air. So Coach Miller's was a little short, mine was a little long. But, I but, hit the backstop in the air. He had one so, at a minor league game. I, I really liked you guys. In the <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worked really hard to keep that off the airwaves and i was worried i was really worried I, l listen i got a great group of friends like i got like a like a like a group of guys that'll be lifelong friends uh and, and most of them were teammates or part of the program in college we're all we, we and they destroy me for that first pitch you're talking about which was in a minor league stadium in greensboro five six years ago they destroy me. And I, I was so worried that when the, the Reds first pitch and the UC first pitch stuff happened, that was going to surface. And it didn't. And you guys just it, – now it happened. Now it happened. So we can just get it over with. Hey, don't worry. I'll, I will show him. I'll have to sh uh, send you a text. My first pitch in a minor league stadium, we sponsor an event down in Louisville, Louisville Slugger Stadium, their AAA stadium. And so I get out there. I tow the rubber. And i just like, all right, I'm going to let this thing rip. I'm not going to short hop it. And I sure enough, the mascot was in the batter's box. The mascot had the duck because <laughs> it was going at his head and it hit the backstop. Our whole company's there. I'm like, oh, I lost my it. God. Like, I lost it. So they have this thing. <laughs> Anytime I'm starting to troll people, they start to, to come back on my first pitch. So don't worry about it. We're in the same box it's, with that. It's all good. I was, we threw it the first pitch as a minor league team in Greensboro, you know, and they had our whole team on the field like cheerleaders, dancers, like it, it was like an ordeal. And my, my players are literally five feet from me, like spread out on the side of the mound. And they're like, throw heat, you know, throw heat. <laughs> so like my juices get flowing and I try to like rear back and like, I try to throw a fastball and I like, I feel like I'm fairly athletic, at least was at one point in my life. Like I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm an yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah, you're an athlete. You know, Coach, but yeah. throwing a baseball is not my thing. And I threw it right. I didn't, I didn't make it to the dirt, to the grass. I mean, it was brutal. <laughs> one of the most embarrassing sports moments of my life. So it just let it out there, man. We all have moments. I'm glad to know you had one too. Oh, so. it was embarrassing. I'll send it to you. You'll, you'll laugh because yeah. it's no joke. Oh, Louisville bat. He's a bat. The bat had to duck. The bat ducked from a ball. Yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but no, that was good stuff. Yeah, we had Coach Guggins from the baseball squad. Yeah, we had um, him on back on. So early on, he uh, great guy. Lots he's of great. You know, Coach Fickle. So now we got the whole trio. Now we got official. And the uh, and UC Coach, trio. Coach Good, they've had a good year. Great year. They've yeah. had a really good, a really year, good year in their conference tournament this week. So yep. pulling for them. 
Yeah. Awesome. Good program. And that's, you know, how great is that? You know, even though we're Miami guys, we've become obviously big supporters of UC, but to see the diversity of sports at UC that are competing at a hall, you know, at a, at a high level, I mean, you throw baseball, basketball's going to be on the up and up and obviously football is, is well established. I mean, what a great opportunity, right? I mean, as far as you guys all talking, competing, having, you know, hopefully sustaining excellence. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity to learn. Sure. I'm, I'm like you guys look at the podcast I'm obsessed with learning and, and getting better myself and like the neatest thing about UC athletics that I've seen so far is it's there's a village it's like an Olympic village yeah and we all work it's like a dormitory like we all work in the same building and it's open in the middle so you you're interacting with coaches daily I love that and I'm interacting with some of the greatest coaches in the country and their respective sports you mentioned coach Fickle I've admired him from a distance uh, it's been really neat to get to know him here in my first month. I mean, that's been a priority, and, and he's been so welcoming and open. Uh, we actually – he had our staff over to his house for dinner with some of his staff last week, which was great because we got, got to kick back and just interact. Uh, but how about, like, he's got one of the elite college football programs in the country. We want to get back to being one of the elite college basketball programs in the country. Like, we can feed off of each other, I hope. And, and we're certainly going to try to tap into what he's got going on. He's yeah, got the chills when you said that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> love that. He's a competitive dude, man. He All-state wrestler. I, I tell this story all the time. We were over at his house or at a party or something. We are together. NCAA March Madness. You have to give him a hard time on this. March Madness was on, and there's a wrestling tournament on. He turns on the wrestling. He turns tournament. on the wrestling. We're all watching March Madness. I'm going to give him a hard time. <laughs> yeah, he might turn off the UC game to go watch wrestling. But he is, talk about, like I said, you guys are two competitive dudes. Love it. UC, like I said, is in good hands. Um, Second question was going to be about, I didn't know I didn't know if I wanted to go Skyline or like Gold Star, because I didn't know if you've heard this whole thing <laughs> oh, yet. Or, I've heard, I've heard, yeah. Uh, but I guess... Best place you've eaten since you've been here? Skyline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I obviously I'd heard about, you know, Cincinnati chili. You know, you mean that that's like worldwide. That's well known. Okay. Um, but I'd never had Skyline, so that was a uh, first week or so on the job. A couple of the staff gets here, and we're going to Skyline. We're doing it, and it was great. I it was great. I, I felt like I needed to work out the next morning. Um, <laughs> So I don't know if it was healthy, and I'm trying to be healthy, but definitely is good and definitely something that we'll, we'll do consistently. I haven't had Gold Star yet, so I, I'm not going to give my opinion because it wouldn't be fair, but, okay. I, but I liked the Skyline experience. It was, it was neat. Yeah. Okay. Best yeah. meal. I mean, I've had some good – I'm a foodie. Um, I love food, and i found this city is – there's food everywhere. Yes. There's some unhealthy stuff. There's some healthy stuff. So uh, I've, I've had some good meals. I don't want to – I don't want to say one restaurant over the other because I I want to go back to all of them. <laughs> there you go. Smart, yeah. smart man. man, smart man. Look, you're trying to trap him. Man. I yeah, you're trying to get me in trouble. Well, what then the you, third question is kind of a trap too, and I I mean, right. um, yeah, yeah. Don't no. We we, we okay. Look, we'll, st we'll stay away from you're that. Trying to put him on the hot seat. I just was saying he 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 has a lot of time to work hard on his profession. You're you're a Michigan basketball fan, so just. You know, you're a Juwan Howard guy. I'm a Wes Miller guy. I'm a Wes so. Miller guy. No, you're not. Nah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, listen, what what Juwan Howard is doing at Michigan's admirable. Yeah, so I, really I respect is. that. I, yeah. True. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching his team last year. He's done a heck of a job. Yeah, yeah. he's. He, you're right. You, it, that was such a fun team to watch and, and see an old. You know, talk about an alumnus coming back home to to Michigan and having that type of success. It actually was. You know, you know, I'm giving you a hard time over there. I'll uh, I'll be nice. Appreciate that. But we're going to uh, turn you into a UC guy, too. I'm yes. a UC guy. I'm okay. a UC, I mean, 
Yes, I'm a UC guy. I know okay. some guys from our alma mater may not like to hear that, but we're yeah, we're we're over it. it. Yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> Who is uh, this? Is the last one? I'm not going. You know what? I'll let you. You ask it. it. See if you okay. don't butcher it this see time. See if I don't butcher it this time. <laughs> so we ask a we ask every guest on the podcast to before we ask this question um, that you would uh, help us out. So you got to put faith in us. Does that sound good? I, I, you guys have gained some of my trust today. So okay, I can, I can there we say go. That. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Let it go. Yeah, we've had a couple. I'm not of, usually that easy, but you know, okay. <laughs> we've all had right. a couple of guests that look at us sideways like, dude, we don't know you at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're about to ask me, but I, I, I'm not going to say yes. But uh, this is this is an easy one. So one guest we should have on the Underdog Podcast that you could help make happen. Wow. And there's a, there's a lot of guys that I've that I'm close with. What are can I can I throw a question back at you sure. before I give you an answer? What what give me a profile or give me a, a some qualities that you're really looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think for us would be um, athletics. Some, yeah, someone we, we're more in the athletics. athletic realm, so athletics, sustaining excellence. Um, that's overcome adversity at one point in your career, like yourself, like you said at UNCG, and then you build your career up or the walk on. Someone that has I, I got has, I got a journey. I got somebody that is uh, it's been truly impactful to me as a mentor and just by chance that we we got to be buddies and he is a home run and i'd love to <clears throat> to see if i can put you in contact his name is george raveling he would yeah. be a home run he's in the hall of fame he's in the basketball hall of fame uh he had a he actually played at villanova um his his story it'd be unfair to even try to tell the story right now because it's so much greater but 30 minutes with him would be gold. It, everybody would trash this podcast listening to me and go listen. It should go listen to his. It's gold. The way he thinks. It's Now, obviously, there's an athlete. He was an incredible coach. Uh, he coached in Washington State and USC and Iowa and tons of other places. Coached USA Basketball. I mean, like, it's so neat. Ask him about his time, you know, coaching USA Basketball and being around some of those guys, working with Bob Knight on those teams. I mean, it's, it's some fascinating stuff, but I will try to connect you guys. He would be an absolute home run. And it would, it may be, there'd be some sport and some athletics, but he's been somebody in my life. That's really helped me think about relationships, about being strategic, about communication among a ton of other things in ways that I've never thought about them before. The guy is the most well-read person, you know, he actually sent me a book when I got the job here. I mean, it, 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 he is, he's gold. So that and he's the he'd be the best guy you could have on a podcast and, and something just a little bit different. So yeah, I certainly feel like there's a lot of cool people in my life that that I, I feel like I could make a call to, but he'd be somebody that I think would be great. So there's the answer. Is that, is that a good one? That is perfect. Great it's one of the better ones we've yes. had. George Raveling, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we've actually a thousand percent. We would love. He he was on one of our target lists. Um, we we heard him in a different podcast. So. Now that we have someone that potentially could put us in contact, would be would yeah. be incredible. I can't promise that wouldn't be fair to him, yeah, but I will. No, I will yeah. try. Yeah. He, 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 listen. He, he was standing at the po like right at the podium, and I don't want to get this wrong. When Martin Luther King made the "I Have a Dream" speech, and had the original copy, like his his life is incredible, and and so like and some of the impact that he's had is so much greater than sports it wouldn't be fair to even categorize him that right. way so I, i'm gonna try i'll try there love yeah. it love it love it how was last question i don't know how was your experience i don't know if we ever asked this one how's your experience been with uh, the underdog podcast team 
We treat you all right? Oh, you guys are big time. We welcome you. Yeah, other than the, the, the first pitch story from years ago, it's now out of the bag. But. <laughs> for your boys. I got it over the plate at, 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 for the Reds, and I, I got it over the plate at UC the other day, so we're – we're getting better. But I, I lobbed those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no heat. <laughs> no heat. Um, well, Coach, man, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, as you know, you're getting your feet wet here in Cincinnati and, and building things up. And finally, finally about to get back on the court to do what you truly love and be around the guys. You know, we know that's that's coming around the corner. So we're definitely looking forward to, to big things for UC basketball. Um, and, you know, just – doing research and getting to learn and follow, you know, see your career. And, and now, you know, to become a true fan of yours, man, um, is going to be a lot of fun and knowing that you're, you're right down the street. So can't wait to come to some games and watch and support, man. Definitely. Well, thanks guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be a fan of the podcast. I love podcast. Yep. And so as I researched this a little bit, I'm like, how have I not heard of it? So I will be, I, I love, I love listening to a podcast, working out or driving or like on a plane. So I will be, just binging. So yeah, well, I'm we, a fan now too. We awesome. appreciate it. And, and last thing, those that are listening that are, are UC fans, get behind this man. I usually don't do this, but get behind. He's going to compete. Let let the man build. Let him get after it. And I, I, I think Fifth Third Arena, where we have season tickets, let's get this thing rocking. Let's bring that energy. Get behind this team. Get behind this program. Like he's he's committed. He's here today. Absolutely. He's walking through the office. He's humble. He's eager. He's competitive as all could be. So let this man do work, get behind him, support the hell out of him and his program, and uh, let's make this thing uh, rock and What rolling. it should be. What it should be. Absolutely. Let's get back to, to those times where, you know, it's it, people are excited. Once again, COVID's over. Right. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. I'm just excited to be around energy and stadiums. Then let's get behind let's these guys. Let's make this shit happen. Let's, let's get go. it done. <laughs> let's go. Thanks, Thanks so much. All right, Thanks so much, it. guys. Thanks Thank for you. Words.